and I say, listen, who do I ultimately want to be? And so I start with that. What does that leader look like? What is the outcome that I want to create? How can I create that? Who do I need to be in order to inspire that activity in other people? Welcome to the Kingsley Grant Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow. Kingsley believes his leadership paradigm, emotelligence, the art of succeeding where others failed, is the key to achieving this status. On this show, Kingsley guides you through the uncharted waters of emotional intelligence and leadership essentials, with the guarantee that upon exit, you will become more skilled in relationship management, decision-making, and job performance. Now here's your host, your coach, and your Sherpa, Kingsley Grant. Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is your boy, Kingsley Grant, behind the Jamaican microphone bringing you yet another show. Today, I am coming to you from the command center of the Immortelligent Leadership Institute, where I am in an undisclosed location because I'm written into the vault of where I have stacks and stacks of the resources that I have, especially for you. They are selected. So today... I'm going to reach as right now into the vault. Okay, I've I, I've got it. Uh, yeah, let me put that down here. All right, we've got it. We've got it. And on today's show, we are going to have a special guest. And, and so it is going to be a very, well, let's put it this way, a little bit longer show than my normal time frame. And I debated whether or not I should do a two-part to this episode, but the content was so good and flowed so well, I really would not know exactly where to split this episode. I want you to get everything in one shot. And therefore, I'm not going to split it. Yes, it's a bit longer, but I believe that it's worth every minute over the time we would normally go. And I believe that you will see what I mean by that when we get this show started. I won't take much more time because I want to get right into this episode. We've entitled this episode... Remarkable leaders leverage authority and influence on behalf of their team. And I believe that you're going to hear some things in this episode that's really going to help you realize the difference between authority and influence and and how and where and who and what and why. All of those you're going to hear tonight, today in this episode as you listen. So, I guess without further ado, would you help me put your hands together and help me welcome our guest to the the Kings of Grand Show, Mr. Josh Ellis. Today, my guest is none other than Josh Ellis. Josh is a U.S. Navy veteran and launched upmyinfluence.com to help turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, increasing their authority, influence, and revenue. He also started savingsangel.com, which has grossed more than $6 million in sales and less than with less than $500 in advertising. Josh writes a syndicated newspaper column to 1.1 million readers and regularly appears on more than 75 TV stations across the country. All told, Josh has appeared in the media more than 2,000 times. Josh, what a privilege to have you with us this uh, today on our show. How are you doing, sir? Kingsley, I I'm so glad we are doing this. So we've been we've been Facebook friends for like ever. Yes. Uh, gosh, I, I what was the first podcast movement that we got connected at? Was it in Dallas, Chicago, Chicago? It was Chicago. 
Yes. Yep. <laughs> Chicago. Okay, that's great, exactly great. that's yep, one. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's the one I spoke at. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. And I remember that because I uh, said, you know, as we talked earlier, I remember when you spoke the just the 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 um impact you had, the, the enthusiasm, the just the clarity. And I'm saying, I gotta speak to Josh and we had a conversation then afterwards, which I'm so you know, I still remember this day, you know, after all these this many years. Uh, <laughs> wow. Well I, you know, that's 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 high praise, my friend. <laughs> And just even before we get started, I want to say thank you for your service uh, to the country and on uh, giving yourself just to serve others in the way that you have done. So a big thank you from me and our audience. Gosh, yes, absolutely. I, you know, and the, the you know when you're a kid and you make these decisions, you know, kid, you know, right out of high school, you know, it 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 felt like the right thing to do. Like I wanted to do it. My uncle was in, my grandpa was in, and nobody else in my generation, my family was was going to serve. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just felt like, you know, I don't know why, like, I just felt like, you know, every generation needs to, you know, you need to send one kid off and go serve some time. And, um, it was a great fit because I, um, you know, I got a chance to grow up. Um, Mm -hmm. I got a chance to, uh, really take on a lot of responsibility. It got me better suited for things like college and, uh, you know, and and uh, the older I get now, the more I appreciate mm. and and am grateful for those seemingly small decisions as to whether, well, do I go to college with all my other friends or, you know, do I take a few years out? And I ended up getting some great experience, uh, you know, as a result. It was it was a big win win. And mm-hmm. so, um, yep. I mean, right now we've got, I've got two boys, you awesome. know, 13 and 16. And they want to go into cybersecurity, Ooh. and I'm like, look, there's a, there, you got a lot of oppor- you got a lot of opportunities in terms of direction, but I'd say, you know, there's probably some really great incentive, and you know, you can do some good to, you know, keep because that's our new battlefield. Yes, <laughs> is in yes. cyberspace. Yes, yes, as, as we've seen. But yeah, Kingsley, thank you so much for the kind words. Sure, that was, that was nice of you. And, and you know, I think you, you hit something just now that I believe is so pertinent to my audience and to my show, Josh, because you, you use the words win-win. And, and that's what I think it's all about. If I was to summarize what is it I do for leaders is helping them to create a win-win environment or a win-win kind of a philosophy where not just a company, yeah. but also the people that they're leading also have a win as well. So yes. I appreciate that so very much. You mentioned that. And here's a question I wanted to start off with, Josh, is this. When you hear the word leader and or leadership, what comes to your mind? Well, I, I honestly think that, uh, and I'm not sure which book I just heard this in, but that this is absolutely in concert with my belief in that leadership is the ability to influence. Mm-hmm. And I believe that everybody has a message that can positively impact the world. And for a lot of us, uh, when we meet together in person, so obviously, you know, Kingsley, you met, uh, you know, we met each other and instantly like we felt it right. Like, okay, I really feel this guy's heart. Like I know where he's at. Like there, there's so many benefits to meeting together in person and, you know, communicating with someone. Uh, and most of us, however, are doing business strictly over the internet first. Like that's how we meet people. And so as a result, we don't have the ability to influence because there is a big digital barrier. Mm -hmm. So if, if you want to, and you think about the people who have a lot of influence, I'm not talking about like the celebrity, um, Kardashians and that sort of thing. We will get into that when we talk about the difference between authority and influence, but those who truly uh, exercise great leadership online are leveraging the platform in a way where they're lowering that digital barrier and mm. you really get to know what's in their heart. They share a lot of content. They're vulnerable. Mm. They, yeah, they share, you know, their um, example and they share inspiration and they, um, you know, they motivate you to do better, but they also share their imperfections. Mm. And so you know that they're a real person. So I think all of that together uh, really exemplifies what a leader is today. Mm. And again, I'm very much, I want to say, kind of a futurist, but I mean, I, I, I recognize that the majority of our communication is all digital now. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what are, uh, how can we exercise our leadership online mm-hmm. or using 
even things like, you know, I communicate with my team and we live on Slack together. And mm -hmm. what things can I do to be a better leader? And, you know, we really need to embrace uh, as, as high a touch media as we can and do it often uh, and do it in a way uh, that lets people know uh, that we're not just, you know, robo leader, mm -hmm. but we're, we're actually, uh, I'm a real person. And here's, here's the thing I've been struggling with in my own brain. And here's, you know, here's what I learned. Um, but not being afraid to use, uh, video, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm telling you like video was a game changer. We were, uh, I don't mean to get too distracted on this, <laughs> okay, but I no. know that this is, there's a, I know that there are, uh, there's someone listening to this right now. They're struggling with culture within their organization. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that as a virtual company, like we are, and we've got, you know, about, uh, 12, 15 employees. Uh, and when we were just doing everything on text and voice chat, it felt really disconnected. Mm. And I said, look, I know it's a pain, but we're all going to do video. <laughs> and so then we get the chance to see one another. And it's like, oh, hey, yes. we're people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that is so yeah. important, Josh, because, you know, I was coaching uh, a leader recently and what she wanted to have a virtual team and they have really did everything through audio virtually and, you know, of course, text and email. So I said to her, well, how do you ever get a chance to see your team? And what I find is if you can create that virtual uh, video format, you will be able to be more focused and centered, but also yeah. people are going to be able to relate because they can see you and almost like feel you. And it takes the place of the one-on-one -on -one as, you know, person to person, but it's a great substitute. You mentioned earlier though, Josh, about vulnerability and the idea mm -hmm. of leaders being that way and how important yeah. it is for leaders to at least show some vulnerability to their teams. Yeah. So here's the reality. You know, people will they'll become attracted to you uh, and they will follow you initially based on your attractive character, based on your confidence, based on um you know, the fact that, OK, this feels like or they might see social proof or whatever. Uh, and so they you know, and this could be an employee. This could be social media. You know, you're building your social media following. But people will stay and people will connect with you and people will relate with you when you share those imperfections. Mm. And so, um, you know, it. I've had bosses before, um, back when I worked in corporate America and it was just like, you know, there was just this, it was like this veneer, like it just was, he just never felt like a real person mm. because he was always so concerned about his image. And so everybody hated him. You know, yeah. meanwhile, you know, we had another guy who was, was not, you know, was, uh, my manager, not the director or whatever, but you know, this guy was just. You know, he was a little nerdy, you know, he was, mm. um, you know, and he would self-effacing humor, you know, a, a lot of that sort of thing. But it's just like, you know, you love the guy. Yeah. And when, you know, when the guy, the director would blah, 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 like, OK, we do it because we need to. or We have to. But, you know, when the manager guy said, look, you know, this is what we need to do. And I'm in this with you. Um, you know, it's like I want to do it because mm. it's like, man, we're on the same team. Mm -hmm. So uh, and and so one. So my other persona, which we didn't talk about, is Savings Angel. That's where I've gotten in the media. And so I talk a lot about consumer skills mm -hmm. and how can you get the most positive outcome possible whenever you have a challenge with, let's say, a company or whatever negotiating wise, you never want to be on opposite sides of the table. Mm. Like you always want to enroll that person to your side of the table. So like, let's say you're calling a cell phone company and you would never say you guys right. never, ever, <laughs> ever say you guys when, when talking with somebody like that, because that instantly says I'm over here. You're part of the bad. You're part of the system. So instead, like you could do the same thing with employees as well. It's like, so guys, so that's the problem over there. And I, I know visually the person listening to us can't see us, but you, you, again, position yourself on the same side of the table as the employees and say, or your team, if you're, if you're a leader, you say, guys, so that's the problem, you know, help me out. Here's some ideas 
I have, uh, you know, but uh, try to, even if you know the answer to it, and we could talk about this a lot too, because <laughs> yes, yeah. you know, when it comes to delegation <laughs> yeah. or when like everything's always following on you, the leader's shoulders, like I've totally been there. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Me too. That's not fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, you got to get on the same side of the table, address the problem or the issue as something independent. It's nobody's identity. So even when you're addressing a problem with a particular employee, you would never say, and you've got this and you're doing Doing this and blah blah blah. You say your language is so critical because you wanted you don't want them to dig their heels in. Right. And if you if you if you're if you're you know kind of butting heads, yes. I'm telling you, like you see this in arguments with couples, like um, you know people will dig their heels in yes. even if they're not really that committed to the answer. Yeah. It's because you've put them in an adversarial position. So you have to you have to make you always think about this. So if there's ever a conflict, break it up into three parts. There's you, the other person or parties or team or whoever it is. And then the issue is a separate thing. And you've got to break that apart. Yeah. Otherwise, man, it's going to be 10 times as hard. And, you know, I see that so many times, you know, in the research I did for my most recent book, The Immortelligent Leader Succeed Where Others Fail. I talk about that very same idea is how can a leader come alongside and present Two, and I call it leadership is salesmanship, meaning that how does he or she sell the idea where a person can buy into it knowing this is in it for me? And I think it's such a very important part of communicating where the person feels as if you're not communicating at them. You're communicating with them and bringing them into your own space so it becomes a win-win idea. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just a very um, important point you just made just now, Josh. And I think also, which also segues into my, as I listen to you, it, it sounds like that leader is partnering up and collaborating yes. and, right, and building relationships. What's your thoughts about some leaders who feel intimidated and threatened when they have to think about, you know, okay, I need to collaborate. I need to build partner. I need to relate. But, you know, I'm scared they might take my job. I'm scared they might do better than I, you know, how do you address that? Well, you know, I think that that's totally normal. Uh, first off, I mean, you have to know that, you know, anything emotionally you're feeling as a leader, that's everybody, mm -hmm. you know, imposter syndrome, like all that stuff. Like we're all uh, worried about things like that, founded or not. Like these could be logically, you know, you might be able to separate yourself logically from the emotion and say, you know what, logically, I shouldn't need to worry about that because that's but emotionally, you know, we all have issues with, um, you know, whether it's, um, you know, people are going to find out that mm -hmm. uh, we're not as competent as we are because we all have our have our own, uh, you know, self-conscious beliefs yes. that that we're. You know, we're just faking it, really. Yeah. <laughs> like, listen, yes. everybody's faking it. Can we just admit that? Exactly. <laughs> I admit, I raise yeah. both hands. <laughs> yeah, and so now, you know, it. I, and I think it really does take, and you think about this, and I've had, again, I've had, uh, you know, back to my corporate America days, and I'm so glad, by the way, as an entrepreneur, um, I worked a regular corporate America job for about five, eight, about five years. Like it was like, there's so many times I go back and I'm like, mm, that was an example of good leadership. Yeah. And that was an example of bad leadership. And I know what I don't want to do because I know how it felt on the other end. So, um, now getting back to your question of, uh, you know, you know, being able to have, get, let other people, enjoy, you know, make them look good. Right. And what does that communicate about a leader? And again, uh, I had another manager and any time that he was complimented publicly, he would always find a way to say, well, I appreciate that. But honestly, you know, it was, you know, Josh and Dallas and all these other guys and gals, uh, who really, you know, came together and I thought, you know what? That's super classy. Yeah. And so you talk about like the power that gives as opposed to someone who just accepts it all for themselves. Mm -hmm. Like it's always classier. Look, anytime you can, even, you know, uh, when you don't have anyone necessarily to thank, you just say, you know, find a way yeah. to uh, pay it forward. 
right? Anytime that, and, and it's just, everybody sees it for exactly what it is, as opposed to accepting it all yourself and it's all you. I mean, it's okay to be recognized for a job well done, but man, um, if you want to magnify that uh, compliment right there in the eyes of the compliment giver, mm-hmm. uh, go ahead and find attribution. Mm-hmm. It's it's not saying that I didn't do the thing, right. but you, you're 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 saying I appreciate that, and yeah, you know, I put in a lot of hours in order to do that, but there's no way I could have done that if it weren't for what I learned last year, uh, even uh, my wife, you know, I, the real, tr- the real champion mm-hmm. here is, uh, is my husband mm-hmm. who, you know, had to really pick up, you know, in order for, you know, pick up the slack in order for me to spend this extra time on this project, you know, whatever it is, yeah. um, just find ways to thank other people. And I know it might feel scary at first, but once you do it and you keep yeah. doing it, people are going to be like, that's a classic. I mean, see, like if you want like examples of this, just watch a lot of reality TV. <laughs> you'll get to you. I mean, you'll see very clearly who is painted as the villain and who is painted as the good guy. And it's based on their ability to do stuff like what I just shared. Mm-hmm. Like anybody like we just watched the glass, uh, the glass blowing series on Netflix. Uh, I think it's called blow it, blowing it or something like that. OK. And you know, there was there was one guy. He ultimately didn't win. Uh, oh, I shouldn't say anything. Oh, never mind. <laughs> uh, we didn't alert. hear that. That's like when I was like teaching a class and I, I was talking about Marley and me. I was like, you know, talking about the dog dying at the end. And they're like, what? You know, I was like, so anyway. Uh, yeah. But th- th- in that case, the good guy was always thanking his assistants, you know, every time he won a competition. So, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. and, and just and as a result, you like the person. Yeah, you know, I think that is what makes Elita remarkable because number one, they are setting themselves up as a relatable leader. They can relate to situations. And you mentioned before that having been in the in the corporate world, having had leaders, and you are able to identify good leadership, bad leadership. So you're looking at yeah. how can you then become a relatable person, especially in the, as you mentioned earlier, the virtual world we're living in, the global society, which is so close to us. And, and so you, you talk about the manager earlier and how people might be more apt to want to you know, resonate with a manager and just give their best to that manager. However, the person on top is that, eh, you know, because I, I find in emotional intelligence, Josh, where the farther you move up the ladder into the CEO position, yeah. the less emotionally intelligent you become, right? And the manager yeah. and the, it become the person who actually is right there. So you mentioned that it sounds like then you can have influence and also authority without even yeah. having the role or the title of president and so on. Tell us a little bit more about the difference between authority and influence. Right. So um, now I think we're all familiar with influencers that don't really have any authority. And those would be kind of more of the celebrity, um, you know, now they, they truly, however, actually do have authority. They just have authority in being an influencer. Um, (laughs) But, you know, really for most of us who are working professionally, um, authority gives you the clearance to have more influence. And where does authority come from? Well, authority today comes from three different places. Authority comes from uh, social proof. Uh, Okay. So I took, you know, let's say I'm on somebody's website, scroll down to the bottom, see their social media links, click on it. Oh, wow. They've got a lot of followers. So I don't want to get left behind. Mm. So if all these people are following Josh or Kingsley or whoever it is, then maybe I should as well. Uh, So that's number one. Number two is we look for evidence of success. So evidence of this person's actually done stuff, created stuff, like they've actually done the deal. Um, I think there was a while there where there was this season where I think you could be a marketer, have absolutely zero success in anything, and you could just be an expert at being an expert. And I think a lot of people, like their, excuse my French, but the BS meter was like, okay, come on. Um, So I really think that it's important that, um, you know, and we all jump into this at different levels, uh, but it's it's really amazing how many, um, say, social media agencies I'll take a look at, and then I'll look at their own social media, and they've got under a thousand followers. And it's like, look, I know, again, I know we all start from somewhere, but 
you know, I really have a lot more respect for someone who has done the thing. So I want to take leadership training from someone who's actually been a leader rather than just someone who's studied. Now, I again, I appreciate the Napoleon Hill model and just studying all the experts. I, I get that. That's that that is valuable. But I really, really love someone who can speak extemporaneously based on their own experience mm-hmm. and they've got results to back it up. And then finally, number three would be uh, authority through association. So if other influencers uh, say you really need to pay attention to Kingsley and uh, Kingsley also has the association of being in the Washington Post or Entrepreneur Magazine or TechCrunch or all these other publications, uh, then you see that and they say, well, wait a minute, there's an exclusivity to that uh, that alignment there or that partnership because uh, so, for example, like Tony, the Tony Robbins organization invited me to speak to his business mastery audience, um, got to speak at social media marketing world, got to speak at podcast movement. So when my audiences find out that that I've done that and I would recommend that you share that kind mm-hmm. of information, uh, that is going to improve their perception of you a little bit. And again, we're, we're talking about uh, uh you know, kind of, um, you know, you to your audience, you know, uh, potential customers, that, that sort of thing. So those are the three areas where authority comes in. Now, if you have authority, it's way easier to have influence. Why? Because you've already got, uh, you know, the trust factor, the respect factor, people are willing to give you more time and they're willing to listen to you with different ears. So think about this, like two people are spending, you know, 10,000, they're blowing $10,000 in Facebook ads. Um, one person has absolutely zero credibility. They've got zero authority. No one's ever heard of them. They're just a marketer. The other person, uh, I mean, they've been out like, it's really clear. Even if you don't know them, you're like, well, who is this? You do a Google search. You're like, Whoa, mm-hmm. holy cow. Mm-hmm. You know, this person's a best selling author. Uh, they've been on, you know, 20, 30 podcasts, they've been in the media, they've got, you know, all this credibility. Uh, Then you go back to those two marketers, which, and we'll talk about consumer behavior too. This is what consumers do today. (laughs) Uh, Consumers are more diligent than ever before because we don't want to waste our time. Like we'll spend 20 minutes checking someone out before we'll take a 15 minute phone phone call with somebody. It's, uh, it's it's just the way that we behave today because we want to protect ourselves because we're inundated with offers and and advertisements and that sort of thing. So anyway, so that's uh, if you can if you can establish your authority, I'm telling you what it's going to be so much easier to then get in, influence would then be the ability to make change, the ability to uh, create an impact by inspiring other people to uh, to your um, call or your mission, as it were. So that that's yeah. kind of that's kind of what the way I describe them. And, and and I like the way that I'm glad you actually took us down that path because you said some very very important and I think very poignant um, statements. I, I think as as the listeners you're hearing today because. Uh, you're you're walking us through, I think, essentially what I believe as a leader. You know, in, in one of the chapters in my book, I talk about leadership is craftsmanship. And I my whole point is that leaders should see their leadership not as a title or a role, but as a skill that you develop. So you were talking mm. about the idea of developing yourself in a manner where people can see that, you know, you have the authority. I can see you are diligent. You have personal development taking place. You're developing your skills in communicating, in listening, in conflict resolution. You are becoming an authority. People get to know, like, and trust you. They are more willing to follow you that way. So I really love the way you frame that, Josh, because I could, as I track with you, I'm thinking, man, I can see that leader who's saying, yeah, yeah, if I did that, then it would probably mean that my people would be more of a, you know, uh, want to just join in and and help us to become a win-win for, you know, for the company, but also for them, you know. And I also like the fact that, Josh, you mentioned, which I think is applicable here about um, the number one job of entrepreneurs, right, is that what they do. But the, the two most important activities that they need to do to accomplish that number one job, right, I think would be applicable for leaders as well. So tell us about what those two important activities that that leader, that entrepreneur would need to accomplish a job that they're pursuing. 
Uh, so two things. Well, I'm so clearly like as an entrepreneur, like our number one job, if you're the entrepreneur, uh, is to grow your business. Like if you're the founder, like it rests completely on your shoulders. I mean, this is going back to Michael Gerber E-Myth stuff. And so how do you get that done? Well, a lot of times I think we find ourselves doing the work that's very comfortable for us and we've gotten proficient at, we're good at. So for example, you know, someone told us that we made, you know, really good blueberry pies mm -hmm. or someone said, man, you're really smart at, you know, social media, you know, content calendaring and that sort of thing. So we start in, we start an agency, we start doing all that work and we work as a freelancer and that's fine. If you want, you know, if you want to work as a freelancer, you want a good little lifestyle business, that's great. But if you want to grow and scale that company, then sorry, but you're going to have to stop doing the social media stuff. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to start focusing on one thing and that's growing the company, which means what you need to do. Think about this, right? Um, so Tony Robbins, an individual, uh, has built an enormous company and a number of companies. And, uh, what Tony's job is to, he needs to replicate because everybody joins the Tony, you know, they get into that, that culture because they want a piece of Tony. And yes. so what Tony's job is, is he needs to uh, create lots of little mini Tonys yeah. uh, because he can't possibly serve that many people. So for example, with my agency, I mean, we're, we're kind of an agency slash platform, um, but you know, a lot of people will come through the door because they want to connect with me and there's only so much of me to go around. And so I need to come up with clever ways to replicate myself. And what that means is that I need to give other people amazing opportunities and give them opportunities to grow. And so, uh, I don't do a lot of my operations, uh, with up my influence. I can't, but my people that do that work, they have far exceeded my skill level with, with a lot of different things. So when it comes to media placements, cause they're in the trenches, they're doing the thing. And I'm very quick to point out, it's like, look, I could help you with that, but I'm not very good at it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm good at it, but I'm not like, it, it, that's not no longer in my zone of genius. Exactly. Uh, if you want zone of genius, you need to work with Rachel or Di <laughs> or Cammy or Elisa, you know, all these uh, wonderful people that we have on, on our team. My gosh, they are amazing at this. And so creating opportunities for other people. And, and, and I'll tell you that one thing that we do, granted, uh, all of my companies are legitimate, you know, they're, they're freelancers, they're 1099. Uh, but I really treat it like, look, everybody's in business for yourself and together we're going to do an amazing thing. We're so much stronger together, uh, than we are working separately. And my job is to give you so much opportunity that you can be the best on the planet at what you do. And you could truly help our clients, our members, make a bigger impact in the world. So whether that's media placements or we do a lot of influencer, uh, you know, introductions, that sort of thing, um, authority building, influence growth, um, you know, uh, stuff that's tied to sales funnels and, and that sort of thing, you know, helping our clients just make a lot more money. Um, but I think culturally, internally, uh, it's really critical um, that we establish that culture that um, you know, yes, you know, as a team, we're all kind of focused on a, a particular outcome, but I've got a vision for me, like what I want my lifestyle to be like, what I want my impact to be. I've got a vision for our members, our clients, what I want their outcome to be and what I want their impact to be. And I've got a mission and an, uh, you know, a, a vision for my team members, you know, the, the freelancers that we all pull together and I want them to have an amazing lifestyle uh, where, you know, they can get paid fairly uh, for what they do, but they've got time freedom and, and they, their impact is, is really being felt, you know, that, uh, you know, they, I want them to feel like their work matters. Mm -hmm. And as a leader, you know, I'm constantly talking about, you know, why our work matters. I don't want to get into a big transactional thing where we're just, they pay us, we do this, that, blah, 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 blah. No, we're actually making the world a better place with what we do. You know, Josh, you mentioned that, I think that was such a key thing you just mentioned. And you mentioned about the word culture and the, uh, that people feel as if their work matter. Because, you know, I just read a, 
actually did a podcast um, episode on that very same thing about 79% of people who have left the workplace, their number one thing that they said why they left was that they felt like nobody made them feel as if their work mattered, you know. So, you know, in, in my book, I talk about seven essential traits of leadership. And the very first thing I mentioned is leadership is stewardship, where you actually help people to mm-hmm. know that they, they matter, that you care. Because what you're describing, I just... The word I have coined is called immortelligence. And immortelligence is a new intelligence, simply meaning that it's not just looking at the intellectual side, which is great, but what happened is these things you're describing, it's beyond the intellectual, so to speak, because it's that empathetic aspect, it's the emotions, right? It's all of that sensitivity to that person, knowing, liking them, making them feel special, making them feel important. That's a win-win philosophy. So I really like the way you kind of um, went down that path in describing. And it sounds like if I was to describe you, I would say you are an immortelligent leader because what they do is recognize, understand, and manage your emotions and the emotions of those, those around them, right? And become more skilled yeah. in decision-making, relationship management, and job performance. So you are describing something that really summarized my book. But my thing is, though, Josh, and this is one question I find I wrestle with because people ask me many times, what if a leader felt like that's not them? This is not my makeup. You know, that's just, you know, I, I just... This is not me. I am the direct, you know, get the job done person. Sure. How, how would you speak to that person in realizing that it's, it would be imperative for them to start thinking more about some other aspects of leadership? Yeah. Yeah. Now, you have to understand, Kingsley, too, that when I'm sharing this, you need to know that I'm not a perfect leader. Like, I, like what I'm talking about, too, I think is my ideal. And I constantly need to catch myself. Uh, and I say, listen. Who do I ultimately want to be? And so I start with that. What does that leader look like? What is the outcome that I want to create? How can I create that? Who do I need to be in order to inspire that activity in other people? So I start getting a little analytical about this. Uh, And then I look for evidence Mm. that I am uh, truly doing that. Mm. And and if I'm being honest, I probably do it less than I – like – I catch myself making errors frequently. And one thing I've learned is that I'm not afraid to apologize. Mm. Uh, and I, you know, I, I just, if there's if there's ever an age where we no longer have to subscribe to that old model of apologies make you weak, right. um, I, I just, you know, what does it cost? Right. What does it cost to say, you know, I, I'm really sorry I said that and I wasn't thinking uh, how that might impact you. Um, I, I, you know, my mind was thinking of something else, but I want to let you know I'm sorry that what I said uh, offended you. And I totally get where you're coming from. Like, how hard is that? <laughs> you're not saying that, you know, even, even in that apology, you're not saying that because I know a lot of people never want to admit they're wrong. Right. Okay. You don't, it's not always right and wrong. Right. There's, there's, and really, like, if there's one thing I could inspire a leader here to, uh, to, to let go of, it, it, it is that right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, to say mm-hmm. that uh, there is generally, you know, I, I don't want to get too philosophical here, but let's just say for sake of argument, there's no right and wrong. There are only points of view. Everyone's got their own barometer of what right and wrong is. So when you talk about two people, now my right might be their wrong, their wrong might be my right. right. And so what's the universal right and wrong? Well, it's not fair of me to say that my universal right and wrong is the same, should be what this other person does. So instead, so instead of like envisioning like if we were arm wrestling and I'm right, no, I'm right, no, I'm right. Instead, what if you said, you know, you, you visualize, you know, where you let the other person win and then they let you win and then so forth back and forth. And so rather than right and wrong, there are only points of view. Mm-hmm. And you think about how many conflicts could be avoided if we just chose to say, here's my point of view. I'm not saying it's the right way or the only way, but this is my point of view. This is where I come from. Now, help me understand your point of view better. 
Uh, man, you think about how many wars could be avoided, how many battles could be avoided uh, if we just kind of, uh, you know, it listened to one another. And again, I don't want to get too yeah. uh, airy-fairy peace, Nick, on this or whatever, but I, I really think in the workplace or in a team environment, uh, it's super valuable to make sure everybody feels heard. Uh, man, because that's really, at the end of the day, I think that's what we all want that more than anything, is we just want to feel like our words matter uh, we want to feel listened to. And sometimes Kings, I can tell you that there are people that are going to be on your team and they don't know these rules. Yeah. And so they're going to use things like they're going to speak in absolutes, mm-hmm. which by the way, here's another life hack. If you ever feel the words coming out of your mouth, you always, or you never like catch yourself, <laughs> promise you, if you say, if you begin a sentence with you always, or you never like nobody always or nevers anything. Right. That's you're speaking in absolutes. And if you want someone to dig in and battle with you and you want to win a fight, well, then go ahead and use those absolutes. Right. And you can get in that big old argument or like I just did a podcast with my wife. Uh, so I, my, one of my podcasts is called The Savings Angel Show. Uh, and it was uh, about a month ago. My wife and I did an entire episode all about how to fight with your spouse mm. <laughs> and how to win. Uh, and, and the secret is, is you have to do reflective listening. Like you have to, um, you know, let people know that you hear them. And if you'll do that, man, I'm telling you, your life will change like you wouldn't believe. Like, wouldn't it be awesome if we just really never had that much conflict in our life? Well, if you listen to people, chances are really good you're going to have far fewer conflicts. You and, know, you, and you're going to get what you want, which right. is awesome. And at the end of the day, I think you're showing you know, self-awareness is what you're describing so well, Josh, because the very most essential part is how self-aware am I and then how do I manage what I found in being self-aware. So, Josh, you have kind of really given us a, a 30,000 know, view of the idea of influence. And I just think you're up my influence, you have to share with us almost everything that, not everything, of course, but, you know, a small, let's put a small bite of influencing, building our influential, you know, um, positioning and so on. So tell us a little bit more about what up my influence is, is, and also what are some things you're doing that we could also be benefit, benefit from? Sure. So, you know, with my other company, Savings Angel, I ended up getting in the media over 2000 times. Uh, You know, we generated six million dollars in revenue and I did that spending less than five hundred dollars in paid advertising. We just really didn't do that at all. Everything we do is about serving audiences on stages, on platforms, in the media, working on authority, working, working, working on building authority. And when you do that, you know, you get to that point, life is just really easy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's kind of like, you know, when you go to a conference, and I know, um, Kingsley, you've experienced this, you know, where you go and you're a featured speaker, you get treated differently yes. than going to an event and you're just a face in the crowd. So our job is to get our clients on those stages, mm. mostly virtual. Like we want to see you celebrated in the media over and over and over again. Now, what's going to happen when you do that is that your authority is going to do all your work for you so that by the time you get on the phone with someone or you meet someone, they've already done their due diligence on you and they're almost a little starstruck to talk with you. That's the idea is we turn our clients, we, we turn thoughtful entrepreneurs into media celebrities. Because when you do that, it's just a currency, and that currency can really get you some amazing things. You want to do more joint ventures with influencers? Guess what? Authority is going to blaze a trail for you. Like the things that I've been able to do, I I mean, I'm not, you know, I've been doing this a while, but honestly, if I can do it, I started off as a nobody. I started off, no, everybody's somebody. But I mean, I started off with not having success in business and eventually was able to create that. And it's not, it's it's just because I, I, I focused on farming, mm-hmm. you know, and building and growing and mm-hmm. cultivating uh, that brand, which, and the reason being is because I wanted to have a bigger impact on people's lives. Um, that was truly it. And so, yeah, with Up My Influence, our goal is really to, um, you know, do an, you know, do an audit of where people are at, help them, you know, discover some red flags uh, just in terms of where your online reputation is, your social media profiles, whether or not you have a press kit, 
how you look on things like LinkedIn. Uh, and then we start building, we lay that foundation because you have to do that. Like you could go to a PR firm and you're like, hey, pitch me to the media. And if you've got bad authority problems, yeah. man, it's just going to be really expensive <laughs> for you. <laughs> and so it's not that hard. You know, we do a, a media influencer makeover. It's honestly, it's super inexpensive. You can get that done. And then everything in life is just going to be so much easier um, when you do that. And you get to um, then just focus on your visibility now that you've got all that. Because now when you get out on those stages, uh, you know, people are going to, well, who is this Kingsley Grant? They do a Google search for you and they're like, whoa. This guy's a rock star. Yeah. You know, that's that's kind of the idea. We mm -hmm. we want people we want people to feel that. So yeah, media. We do a lot of influencer stuff. Um, but anyway, um, so the, the, you know, probably the biggest thing that I think you could do is you could figure out what your media influencer score is right now. Like we're going to ask you a number of number of questions. You just go just go through a simple quiz, and I'll give you a score on your media influencer uh, level. And, and I'll give you a number and then I'm going to give you some very specific advice along with a lot of free resources and tools you can use to start fixing all that stuff. And that's all pro bono. Mm. Um, and, you know, if you see an opportunity where we could, where we could work together, of course, you know, we, we provide services. So, yeah. Thank awesome. you, Kingsley. I appreciate that. Sure. I mean, I'm really you know excited about what your guys are doing and how is the best way that a person may be able to contact and connect with you to know more about these things. Uh, yeah, so you just go to upmyinfluence.com and take our free authority quiz. Uh, I also do a lot of really good stuff on YouTube. Like we give a lot of stuff away because that's, you know, we didn't even talk about, you know, being a, you know, the go-giver philosophy. We're very much a go-giver company. So when you work with us, you might work with us for three, six months before you ever give us a dime. <laughs> and and that's all very intentional. Like yeah. we want to serve you, like we want to start getting to work for you before you ever invest in us. And we have, you know, hundreds and thousands of people that are in that pipeline right now that we're actively serving, we're actively providing value to. And, you know, eventually they're going to get to a point where we're like, wow, you know, I'm in a really great position I'd really like to hit the pet, you know, hit the gas. Uh, and so, of course, that's when, you know, we can get them, you know, five, 10 media placements a month, you know, connect them with, you know, 10, 20, 30 influencers a month and start getting, you know, joint venture deals put together with them. Um, that's the kind of stuff. That's the kind of power we have. But it's a lot easier when we have someone that's kind of got their P's and Q's, you know, their, you know, excuse me, their, their T's crossed and their uh, eyes dotted. <laughs> that's the <laughs> That's the analogy. No, and you know, Josh. I mean, I'm telling you, you know, upmyinfluence.com is where you go because Josh have just given you, you know, I'm telling you, this is just really the icing on the cake. Really, it's just one of those going to the mall and they give you, you know, a piece of chicken and say, "Hey, taste this bourbon chicken, whatever the case might be," and you taste it. This is just a taste yeah. of the chicken. The real meal is where you will find at upmyinfluence.com. And, you know, Josh, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate the what you have shared with us today and all the different insights and the different framing of certain um, certain ideas that I think, uh, you know, I have to myself go back and listen to this over and over and take those bites. <laughs> really, it's rich. So I, I want to say thank you for giving. And really, this is like what you're demonstrating here is the heart of giving and a goal giver. So I want to say thank you for that. I know you've said a lot today, but is there any one last word that you may want to share as we wrap things up here, Josh? Yeah. So every day, you know, we have the opportunity to decide, you know, what we are going to uh, fill our minds with. And, you know, and, and I get, man, there's so much great entertainment out there. And I think entertainment is valuable. Like it's really good for, you know, kind of chewing gum for the brain kind of thing. Uh, but I would just challenge anybody who's listening But usually, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably going to be nodding your head and go, yeah, uh, I do that, Josh. Uh, but it's so critical that you spend at least 30 minutes a day, uh, do it during your commute, do it during your walk. I walk with my doggy and I intentionally go for long walks uh, with my doggy. And I, I am listening to the best podcasts. I'm listening to audiobooks. I am constantly learning because that's how you increase your value. The more stuff that you expose yourself to, the more ideas you have. And, you know, when you can increase your value because of, 
you know, you, Kingsley, hosting a podcast. My gosh, the kind of people that you've been able to talk with, it's really increased your value just because you have now have so many new prescriptions that you can offer to people. It's like, you know, do you want to be um, – you know, the pharmacy owner with, well, we got five different drugs back there and I'm going to give you one of the five because that's all I know. Or would you like to have tens of thousands of potential prescriptions and you know exactly how uh, each one of them is going to help that person? So that's that's the idea is I want to give you more and more ideas. So 30 minutes a day, man, give yourself, don't ever let up on that. Um, keep, keep on feeding. And, you know, over the course of a couple of years, you are going to be a completely different leader. Wow. You know, I couldn't have asked for a better wrapping up of this show, Josh, because I think that is a great challenge for us. And I think it's something that we can actually start doing right away. So thank you for that, Josh. On behalf of the Kinsley Grand Show and the leaders who are listening and emerging leaders and experienced leaders who are going to help their people become better at life, I want to say thank you for the time and all that you've given us today. Appreciative. Awesome. All right, Kingsley, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. And there we go, my friend. We have, hopefully, you and I, having listened to Josh, have had some incredible takeaway. Now, because it was lengthy, you may have to go back and listen, like I will, to get some of those nuggets so that I can implement them into my life. And I hope that you'll do the same. Okay? So I encourage you to do that. Let Josh know your thoughts. You can follow Josh as we outlined and Really let him know what your thoughts were on this this episode. One of the best ways I want to encourage you to do is to go to the Apple Podcast, which is formerly iTunes, and leave a rating and a review there. That would be great. Again, I would appreciate that. Let me hear from you about the podcast and what your thoughts were. And we want to just say thank you so very much for taking the time to listen to the show. And we cannot do it without you. So thank you very much. And you know, my friend, as I've said often, remember, you're only just one skill away. One skill. And I hope you're brought closer today by listening to this show. With that said, my friend, peace out, God bless, and I'll see you on the, oh, before we get there, let's put this show into the vault and tuck it away so we can have it secured at the command center of the Immortelligent Leadership Institute. Okay, so let's go. Let's put it there. There we go. Now it's securely put away. I can now exit the Institute and I'll see you then on the flip side.